November 12, 2023. We're continuing in Mesilat Yasharim. We're in Perekaf. We began the discussion of the Mishkal HaHasidut, the weighing and scaling carefully when a person's searching, seeking in their life a way of Hasidut, of piety, which we talked about at a great length in Perek Yotet. says Mesilat Yasharim. Ramachal explained to us here, in Perekaf, it's not always the right thing to do. Even though your knee-jerk, innate response to a situation is, well, if I can be more of a Hasid, well, I certainly should be doing so. Well, maybe not. Maybe you need to be shokel carefully. You need to be scaling and weighing carefully the ramifications, the consequences of your action. If you just jump into it, you might ultimately speaking appear or emerge as a Hasid Shote, an individual who thinks they're acting piously, but in truth are acting like a Shote, a wild and crazy person. And Misilat Yisharim has given us several examples. At the end of the last paragraph, he even talked about the Leviim as they were fighting over who can be involved in the carrying of the Aaron, according to the Midrash. They ultimately speaking uh, emerged as a silly group, a group of people who were quarreling over a matter when, while not uh, fulfilling their responsibilities. But they wanted to get closer, but they wanted to be more pious but inappropriately so. So Ramchal continues this conversation. He writes, it's, it's certain, there's no question that a person needs to fulfill all the mitzvot in their most appropriate, scrupulous manner without any fear, without any embarrassment. You should be doing so. Indeed, the Pasuk says in Tehilim, Tehilim, I'll speak, I'll act in the ways of your edot and your, uh, your, your commands and your words and your uh, ways, God. In the midst of, says David HaMelech, kings, I have no embarrassment, no shame in doing so. Likewise, the Mishnah Navot, we read it every day, says, you have to have no fear. You have to have a certain fierceness, a certain swiftness, a certain ability to, against all odds, fulfill the will of God. However, even those actions need careful weighing, distinction, and calculations. Those statements, that general sentiment of do what's right, don't fear what others will say, is when you're talking about the core of the mitzvah, the bare minimum, the actual completion of the mitzvah. Kiyum ha-mitzvah transcends all else. There's no, uh, there's no uh, matters that need to be taken into account for fulfillment of the mitzvah. Shebahem yasim panav kahalamish. However, when a person's seeking and searching for Tosefet, Tosafot Hasidut, person's looking to accept upon themselves extra humrot, to be more scrupulous than the standard practice, uh, to look into the matter and to accept upon themselves certain stringencies that the Hamon, that the masses have not done so, is not the norm. And in turn, by doing so, people will laugh at them. 
then and there you draw the line. Not on the core, primary, fundamental performance of the mitzvah. It's on the additives, it's on the above and beyond, on the, so to speak, when that appears wrong to others, that's where you draw the line. You say, if this is not obligatory, and its consequences are going to emerge as negative, because people will be mitlotzitz, they'll be laughing at me and scorning my ways, I'll be sinful by doing this. Person could have just abstained from doing it. It wasn't obligatory. I must have mentioned at some point how someone once asked Rabbi Chaim Salvechik about his father, Beta Levi, Rabbi Yosef Dov Salvechik of Slotsk. He asked him about his father. He said, Did your father put on tefillin of Rabbi Nutam? And his response was, I have no idea. So, so how do you have no idea? He says, Do you know what Shohan Aruch says about tefillin of Rabbi Nutam? A person who's a Yere Shamayim, a person who's Medakdek Mimitzot, that's the person who puts on tefillin of Rabbi Nutam. You think if my father, who was that, was putting on tefillin, he was going to let anyone see him do so? There's a certain sinew, there's a certain hatsni'a lechet when a person does above and beyond the norm. Uh, the truth is that um, I, I read recently, I think it was in the Mesilat uh, Yesharim. What's that? I didn't hear what he said. It's in the Mesilat Yesharim of Rav Dan Segel. He uh, quotes a story. I don't know where he heard it from, but it's a very telling story. It says Rabbi Yisrael Salanter, that's the father of the, of the Musar movement, was once staying in the hospital with another person. And the word was out that uh, the great Rabbi Yisrael Salanter was in the same hospital as this individual. So someone wrote to this individual saying, please be careful to look into all the ways of Rabbi Salanter. Get back to me. Tell me his unique ways. Tell me what's special about him. It emerged, he discovered that it was Rabbi Yisrael Salanter sitting right next to him or lying right next to him in the hospital. He wrote back, his ways, his actions are like anyone else. He seems to be a very simple person. There's no question. It's a certainty that Rabbi Saul Salanter was far from being a simple person. But the way he appeared, the way he others perceived him, was not as a person who was walking differently than them and acting in a, uh, in a way that uh, sets himself apart. He was a person who, because he understood this message, because he understood and he truly lived the message of just being in a way that others can look to and find him relatable, you couldn't distinguish, you couldn't determine that he was different, so to speak. Yes, Raf. Those things like the rabbi mentioned in terms of like, like I don't know, like, like Mutifini Rabbi in the town, that's not something people make fun of. Like rabbis being like different or better. You are, biased. you are like, correct. Isn't like, what, I don't, isn't, no, I don't so that's an important question. Well, it's, there's it's no, he makes like, clear, Ramchal did and will again, that this is hakol lefi It's all according to your understanding, which means to say, you're right. To in many circumstances, a rabbi bisman hazeh who's doing something which seems different might not be scorned. In certain times, in certain placements, in certain circumstances, they will. And maybe in a hospital of secular people, you would. Maybe that was the circumstance and situation. Tefillin of Rabbeinu Tam bisman hazeh. You're correct as well. But in a time like that, in a community where others weren't, it was very much standing out. It was very much making a statement about yourself. Like, it's yuhara is very contextually sensitive. Yuhara, well, is, the tefillin was yuhara, and he'll 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 talk about yuhara in just a bit because it's just as much connected. It's either being scorned or it's being looked at as who do you think you are. It's very That's different. A, 
100%, but it's both scaled and weighed. It's different only in terms of consequence, but they're both negative consequences. So Mesilat Yesharim will, will uh, uh, have them in, in the same paragraph talking about both of them because they're both the same issue. It's the issue of I'm doing something for the right intention, but there are negative consequences, either because they say, who does he think he is? Or alternatively, they say, what silliness <laughs> is he practicing? I, I mean, listen to the story. What's that? I supposed to grow. You're supposed your to be very. Your you're supposed to be very careful about how and what you do and under what circumstances and situations. But your goal shouldn't be. I mean, obviously, your friends and family matter, but your goal shouldn't like has that. You have to surround yourself by people who are like-minded to a certain extent. When you're with others, you need to be careful and carefully weighing and determining, sensitively acting in their midst, helping them understand your, your own ways while at the same time being careful that you're not triggering anything negatively. It's not simple. You're, you're 100% correct. The simple and, uh, and, and uh, you know, the standard approach would be just add more and to heck with what everyone else thinks. Very carefully and very forcefully is saying, absolutely not. Listen, those are all the stories we've we've heard and read about different Gidolei Israel who were on a train or were staying in someone's home and there was someone speaking negatively about them. They had no idea it was them. Then asking for a mechila. As a matter of fact, one of the famous stories about Beit Levi himself. Because yeah. again, it's a way of life. It's a simplicity in an external sense so that you don't trigger the anger or the jealousy or anything negative of another. Listen, every circumstance has its own sensitivities, but it certainly has sensitivities. Says Mesilad Sharim, Ramchal continues, If a person's going to provoke, going to bring forth the scorn, the laughter of others, it's better to not do it than to do it and to be laughed at. Uh, Pasuk says in Micha, you should be sanua, you should be safeguarded in terms of your walkings with God. But I'm with God. What's the problem? Everybody has to understand. If they don't, it's on them. No, Right, that's where Mesilat Yisharim goes into the reference to Yuharas, Sugiyan Masechet Berachot, and uh, the Gemara over there uh, in the in the context of um, a Hatan saying Keriat Shema and Laila Rishona, the Gemara gets into a conversation there and elsewhere Masechet Pesachim about the concept of Yuhara. Yuhara means an inappropriate haughtiness from the person. If a person is not renowned for their piety, if a person is just a person like anyone else, there are certain restrictions, barriers placed upon them with regards to stringencies, not with regards to mitzvot. Now, of course, it's got a full conversation and she'ur in and of itself, but the concept, says Mesilat Yesharim, has to be a part of our, of our thought process. I'm deciding and determining what to do, not only based on what I believe is best for myself and my connection to God. My connection to God is very sensitive to my connection to others as well. There's a way where you can be so great that this doesn't like... There are people that are so great that everything they do is like, hey, like, he's a great person. Uh, maybe, but we don't generally say, state such matters. No, it's not a bad question. It's just who's going to make that decision? If they're so great, they probably won't be able to make such a decision. If it's ikari, if it's fundamental, if it's part of the pitteh mitzvah, 
you do it irrespective of who's going to make fun of you and going to laugh at you. Something that's not primary and fundamental, it's going to bring forth uh, scorning and mockery. You shouldn't be doing so. It emerges then that a person who's seeking a true piety, a person needs to carefully scale all the consequences, all the outcomes of what will uh, come forth from that action, what will accompany that action. Based on the time, the society, and the community, and the people you're surrounded by, based on the issue, based on this, uh, the venue. And if being porish, if separating and not doing it will bring forth, uh, quote-unquote, more more pleasure in the eyes of God, more more uh, others being turned on to your ways as opposed to away from them, then you should uh, abstain from fulfillment. Or, and if an action in its essence seems to be good, but based on its consequences and that which will accompany it is negative, another action seems to be at face value, negative, but it'll have positive consequences. You determine based on what you can foresee the consequences will be. Ralph, you're familiar with the ways of the uh, altar of Slabodka. He had a very, the altar of Slabodka had a very peculiar and unique way. He would talk to students and treat them in very difficult fashions. He would rebuke them in ways that didn't seem to make sense. He had his students attest to the fact he had this larger picture. He had a vision and understanding. And deep down, each student knew uh, he has the right intention. But in the moment, you thought he was irrational. You thought he was erratic and you couldn't understand his ways. That, that's what I think about when he describes it seems like ra in its moment, but its consequences years later sometimes, a lifetime later, will be felt in terms of the positive um, outcome. And the fam- famous and important line, these matters are handed over. You need a sensitive, understanding heart and a mind which is straight. If you don't have those, you won't be able to determine hasidut. If you can't train yourself and become sensitive to those who surround you and to who you are and what your actions seem to bring forth and provoke in others, then you shouldn't be involved in actions yet. You need to initially sensitize yourself. Says I can't give you every detail. There's no kids. There's no end to it. Uh, I have to go through every situation, every person. It's okay. infinite. Okay. And in turn, so to speak, should instill that knowledge within our minds and hearts. Absolutely. It's who you surround yourself with. It's where you live. It's the um, it's 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 your spouse. It's your schooling. It's your synagogue. It's your workplace. It's uh, it's your friends. It's anything and everything. Or would he tell you that? 
Meaning, you like if you have a bad friend who or whatever, you live in the wrong place that you can't take things to the next level because you're gonna get made fun of and ridiculed. Uh, there's no question. It's, it's to a certain extent emanating from this. The general standard interpretation is because he's going to inspire, because like, oh, he's going to bring you to negative. Alternatively, says Mister you might be the sadiq bistom, but you can't be a sadiq bistom because you can't fulfill it appropriately. But it sounds like it's sorry. It's the, it's, you, you do really have to care what other people think. If your mindset, as Ms. made clear in the last Perek, is one of Kiddush Hashem, if your mindset is one in which my purpose in life is to be Mekadeshem Shamaim, by definition, you're thinking about what others think. Right? right? In other words, Kiddush Hashem Shamaim, Kiddush Hashem, is entirely determined based on what people see and understand. So you, you have to... Is it, is it the approach of... You don't want them to see it, make you know, ridicule, and make fun, and then it might turn them off. Absolutely, that's, that's the, the point. Is that is the point. It. To see and to respect it. If it will bring anything but respect, so you shouldn't it, be it doing should be it. Strictly based on the person's character traits for them to say, "Oh, that's what I want to strive to be like." Not not seeing you do excess in, in certain. Correct. I mean, you have to leave. Based Correct. Based on a certain point, you have to leave if you can't be a great. If Jew. you can't, if you can't. No, but you're. We're saying that everything needs to be careful. What he's doing openly, right? So he's if he if he says whenever I do this mitzvah openly, it turns absolutely. Off, so he's just, but that doesn't absolutely. mean that he's going to spend a lot of time in isolation. Absolutely, It'll like I said, like absolutely. No, but that was the no, no, no. Again, yeah. you're talking about negative influence. Also important. This is alternatively the way you'll negatively influence them through your acts of piety. Yeah. Now, the counterclaim the doctor says is if a person does it behatsnea. You're doing it, but you're doing it privately. Beit Halevi may have been putting on tefillin that Rabbeinu Tam, but in his Hadre Hadarim. There's nothing wrong yeah, with that. Okay, but it's the same thing in the context of uh, Mal'igim and Mitlot Tzitzim. But it's like the same concept when we have like a rabbi who makes a community religious. You know, slowly he tells them what he's doing. Right, you can release a little bit slowly if you get people as they move to a closer to you in mindset. And if you're in a Similar. bad environment. Similar. Yeah. Says uh, Mesilat Yesharim, I liken this to a well-known Mishnah at the beginning of Masechet Berachot, Ma'aseder Bitarfon Yochiach, Shehichmir Lehatot Kebet Shamay. So the well-known Mishnah, Masechet Berachot, Davyod says, there's a mahlok dispute between Bet Shamay and Bet Hilel. It's a question of, when the Pasuk says, Beshoch Becha Kumecha, with regards to Kriyat Shema, is it to be taken literally or not? According to Bet Shamay, absolutely, you lie down, as you say, Kriyat Shema at night, and you stand up, when you say it in the morning, Betilel says, no, it's a reference to the time at night when you would be lying down, in the morning when you would be standing up. Rabbi Tarfon, adherent to, in this case, the way of Bet Shammai, did so and went on the side of the road at night in the evening in order to say Kriyat Shema while lying down and he was misakinet He brought upon himself a certain danger. Amerulo, says uh, Mesilat Yisharim, quoting from the Mishnah, the Hachamim remarked to Rabbi Tarfon, You know something? You were liable to the danger and almost the death penalty in that circumstance. It's your fault because you went against the words of Beit Hillel. But wait a second, Beit Shammai is just a stringency. Beit Hillel is an above and beyond interpretation. It's also during the time, but it's the way and manner as well. Even though even though Rabbi Tarfon was just being stringent. Okay, 
לעד ולעולמי עולמים ולא יחלש בשום פנים שלא תעשה תורה חס ושלום כשתי תורות. ועל כן לדעת המשנה הזאת יותר חסידות הוא החזיק כבית הלל אפילו לכולה. So let's break down what, what Mesilat Yishanim then explained. He says, based on the situation, based on the circumstance, based on the time of Rabbi Tarfon, after the disputes of Beit Shammai and Beit Hilev, it was necessary in an absolute sense that he adhered to the opinion of Beit Hilev, even Lekula, even in a lenient fashion. Why so? Because the Gemara in Masechet Eruvin and Afyod Gimal describes how at a certain juncture in time, after Nivu'ah, prophecy had ceased to exist, and Mahloket disputes had already emerged, appropriately so, in our nation there were Mahlokot, there were disputes. The students of Beit Shammai and Beit Hillel, or of Shammai and Hillel, however, according to the Gemara, the rabbi's tradition, did not appropriately uh, listen. They weren't Mishamesh Kotzorkam, which means to say doubts and mistakes arose in their minds and in their understanding of Halakha because of a deficiency in proper study and adherence to the system of Halakha. Therefore, at a time during which mahlokot, disputes and confusion abounded in our nation, therefore at a time that the Torah was appearing to the average person as shete torot, as if there's two torot, hats shalom, two ways, and people were confused and people were wrongfully assuming negative things about the Torah, the rabbis established and determined, we need to therefore close this confusion. How do we close this confusion? By saying, we chose an opinion. In that context, in that situation, you can't go with Beit Shammai. It's not to say that stringencies are not, uh, are not appropriate, but in a circumstance where the aura of the time, where the feeling of anyone and everyone was confusion, you're only going to stoke the flames now. You're going to stoke the coals. You're going to start this mistaken identity of halakha again for the people because at a time where we finally settled and said halakha kibetilev, hoped that we'd set a direction for the people now appropriately forward, you're bringing us backwards in adhering to Beit Shammai. Mesilat Yisharim is saying quite the chidush. He's saying the statement of the Mishnah is not a general statement that you can't go like Beit Shammai. Uh, no, sir. The Gemara, in fact, in Masechet Berachot, and Daf Yod Aleph, has an opinion that Asa Kebet Shammai Asa, Asa Kebet Hilel Asa. It's one of the opinions in the Gemara. How could you make such a claim? It depends on the generation. It depends on the time. It depends on the circumstance. The statement in turn of Mesilat Yisharim is Rabbi Tarfon was criticized by the Hachamim because he was not sensitive to his context. He wasn't sensitive to the time and the people surrounding him and the importance at that time for Kiddushem Shamayim to be in an act of leniency. Parenthetically, Mesilat Yesharim does add as well, that's the basic point of what he told us, he does point out as well, he says, um, he has a, a, an important line over here, he says that the determination was, his words are that the determination that the halakha is like Beit Shammai is which means to say for eternity. 
that's, uh, that's uh, far from simple. There's a tradition from Gaon Mivilna, some say it in the name of Arizal, that in the end of days, in Yimot HaMashiach, will begin to adhere to the ways of Bet Shammai. Whereas Bet Shammai are, to a certain extent, focused on Shamayim, on uh, the out-of-this-world experience with regards to Halakha and Bet Hillel, a little bit more grounded in this world. Uh, in an end-of-days reality, we'll start to follow Bet Shammai. That's a tradition that's uh, been, been repeated in many circumstances, written on many occasions. Mesilat Yishonim is entirely opposed to that. His words are, La'ad alamim. His statement is, for eternity, we will follow Bet Shammai. So it's parenthetically an important Bet Shammai. It's an important point to, to, to draw forth. And one last point in terms of his analysis. On that Mishnah, there is a debate amongst the poskim. There's a, a loud voice amongst the Mefarshim to that Mishnah that maybe the only reason Bitafon was criticized is because he put himself in danger. Yeah, right? He put himself in a place of danger by going down. There, you don't follow Bet Shammai. If you weren't in danger, then you could. Uh, clearly, Mesilat Yesharim is not assuming. So his assumption, his understanding of the Mishnah has nothing to do with Rabbi Tarfon putting himself in danger, therefore he's criticized and rebuked. It's rather, it's just wrong. In this situation, in our current setting, you can't be in those stringent ways of Beit Shammai. You'll further stoke the coals like of confusion. Them, though. I feel like you can murder them, because you're make, he, the way he's wording it, if I'm understanding Hebrew correctly, he's, he's saying that I have, you're treating it as if we have two Torahs, right? You're treating it as um, that the, it's a very important in that time period to accept Petila, so nobody says we have two Torahs. Right. So now, you might, in a normal situation, you might have said, he's being Mahmir and following Bet But in this situation, where he's willing to risk his life, he must have the opinion that Bet must be followed and he's not being Mahmir. I gotcha. I hear you. He doesn't need, what I'm saying is, Mislai Shem doesn't need to go that far in terms of making his point. But understood, understood. And I'm saying the example he's giving in the end is an example. Of understood. It's not a strong example. If understood. He doesn't hold that. I, but again, it's not the only interpretation to it. But yeah. Vezel lano le'ainaim lirot eze derech yishkon or be'emet be'emunah la'asot ha'yashan be'ainay Hashem. Says Ramchal, this is a direction. This is a path for determining and finding the proper and straight way in the eyes of God. In other words, the darkeh hasidut. Okay, so that, a very important Perek, Perek Kaf of Mesilat Yesharim, set forth for us the importance, again, of stopping before action, of determining before commitment, whether this stringency, whether this acceptance in a public atmosphere is appropriate for me or not, both based on my social standing, based on my familial ties, based on my friends, based on my placement, etc., all important determinations to begin with, as Ralph said, but even after the fact I determined this isn't appropriate for whatever reason setting, now is this an appropriate action? needs to be so, taken so into account. Like the word, it's yuhara to the, to the maximum and saying in every scenario possible. Yes. You have to consider... Yuhara, and on the flip side, mal'igim. Uh, People are going to say, ah, a funny guy, look at the funny things he does. Uh-huh. That's because if your end goal is, if okay, the so, determination so is Kiddush Hashem. Ten minutes in the Amidah and everyone else was looking at them, that could be an example of... Absolutely. Now, Ralph would say, you might be right, if that's your standing, if that's where you are, go to a different synagogue, right? In other words, but if you're in that synagogue and everyone's looking at you, and I can't tell you which synagogue it is or it isn't, Yes, that, that would be. Uh, there's questions amongst the poskim for the rabbi, what the length of a rabbi's amidah is. The poskim, I've seen Teshubot on this. Should the rabbi have a lengthy amidah, both for himself and for the kahal, to look at? 
and make them wait or alternatively have them begin without him? And these are all important questions. He needs to, on the one hand, have his eyes on who the Kahal is. He needs to, on the other hand, have an eye on his own connection to God. He has to have an eye on how to raise them in their spirituality. These are, right. these are real issues. There's no simple answer to any of them. Okay, but Peter, you can also know if that's Hasidut, if that's like the letter of the law. Like rushing through your Amidah. Understood. Like not, understood. Understood. Could be, I don't know. I understood. Understood. That, that would need to be another determination. Perikaf Aleph continues the conversation about Hasidut. It's Bidarke Kenyata Hasidut. And we'll only begin it and point out uh, a seeming discrepancy between the words of, or, or dif- difference between the words of Misilat Yesharim and Harambam. And we'll hopefully address them and understand them at the beginning of the class next time. Hasidut says Misilat Yesharim, you want to know what will help very much will aid your, your achievement of Hasidut, of this act, these acts and ways of piety described in Perek Yotet, who godel ha'istakelut verov ha'itbonenut. Again, it's nothing that's unfamiliar to us. It's carefully noticing. It's sensitively paying attention. But this time he's not referring to the people around you. He's referring to the world and ways of God. In other words, he's not talking about how to um, fulfill Hasidut now, as he did in Perik Kaf. He's referring to how to be inspired to Hasidut. What brings, you, brings forth Hasidut? person who carefully looks into and sensitively pays attention to the world around them, the greatness of God and the small, minuscule nature of human beings, ourselves certainly including, included, will immediately be brought forth within us, a certain feel of awe, fear, and even trembling, and when you then look into, or when you separately look into the greatness of God's hasadim to us, his acts of charity and goodness to us, his love in turn to us, the way that God brings those who are straight to him, the ma'ala, the greatness, the lofty nature of Torah and mitzvot, and any of those other matters of thought and interpretation, immediately a person will be inspired, their eyes will be open to the, um, to the feelings, the emotional bond to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, like a father to child, like a lover uh, to another. Now what Misilat Yashayim importantly did was, he seems to almost echo the words of Harambam at the beginning of Perek Bet of Elchot Yisodeh Torah, but importantly and fundamentally veers from Harambam's way. You see, the words of Harambam, which we won't read in this moment, but we'll just mention briefly, are that when a person looks at the world around them, they're immediately brought forth and inspired to love, and then the more they learn about God's ways, they then are jolted backwards in fear and awe. It means that for Harambam, it's one action. It's just perceiving and noticing the world around you, which brings forth both the emotion or the ways of Ahava and Yira. For Misilat Yisharim, alternatively, it's two different 
noticings. The first one was noticing the world, that's the awesomeness. The second one is look at the nature of God, that's the greatness. Those are different. Whereas again, for Harambam, you know, give, give them mashal for Harambam, walk into, you want to know the greatness of this, of this uh, artist? Walk in and look at the painting. Take in, oh my goodness, I love it so much. I'm drawn to know more about this artist. And then you jolt it backwards. This artist is just too grand and too great for me. I can't even come to understand his or her ways. For Ramhal, it's different. For Ramhal, it's look at the painting of the artist and be filled with the grandeur and the grandeur and and the the fear uh, and and awesomeness of this individual. You're so far from them. You want to be drawn to them? Well, look into how nice they are to you. Look at their acts of chesed to you. Look at the way they smile and when you see them. That's two separate acts. It's not derived from just looking at the painting. For Harambam, just look at the painting and you'll be filled with both Yira and Ahava. For some reason, Ramhal won't write that. For Ramhal, you want Yira, look at the difference between you and God. You want Ahava, look at the way God approaches you. We'll have to address why Ramhal purposefully veers from the way of Harambam next time. Baruch Amen ve